Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, and my partner, Dr. Rafa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing all the crazy ways that our wonderful foot can malfunction and cause us problems. So please find us on all the platforms where you find your typical podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to the Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Rafi Hussain. And we are joined uh, by folks uh, from Embed uh, to discuss Microlite Matrix with uh, Dr. Schur and Elliot Phillips. Uh, glad to have you guys here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do? Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Michael Schur. I'm a, a general surgeon. I have a long experience in in taking care of uh, trauma patients, burn patients, wound patients. Uh, I have really been interested in, in wound healing and wound infections, and that has been the bulk of my, my research. I'm currently living in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm the chair of the Department of Surgery at the Mayhek General Surgery Program. Fantastic. And I'm Elliot. I work in the commercial side of the business. I've been in the biospace for, I don't know, better part of my career, uh, probably the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, I've been in orthopedics and spine and, and hardware at one point, but then I've kind of gravitated toward uh, biologicals, new technology, things like that. So I've been with Embed about a Fantastic. year. Fantastic. You know, so I think, you know, uh, Dr. Hussein and I both uh, are involved with a wound center here in Argyle, Texas. And it's interesting that I, you know, most people don't realize that the real expense in chronic wounds is treating the complications. And so anything we can use to get these wounds closed quickly and avoid things like four or five surgeries, amputations, osteomyelitis with six or eight weeks of antibiotics is typically going to be worth it. And and it sounds like uh, Microlite Matrix is an excellent way to reduce biofilm um, and really control the microenvironment in the wound bed. If if I'm not mistaken, Doctor Sure, you're you're on the original group that helped put this together, right? Yeah, that's correct. This is how the the whole thing started. I was a, a professor of surgery at the University of Wisconsin, and and we had a, a wound club where we would meet uh, with a lot of uh, of scientists and, and PhDs and discuss wound healing and and wound uh, you know current current state of 
of the science and wound healing. In the meantime, I had a couple of patients that had some really bad infectious outcomes. And, and as a result of their infections, they had to have additional surgeries and then had, they had prolonged healing. And I, I got really interested in this, in this whole collaboration between myself and the other scientists at the University of Wisconsin. And, and what we set out to do is to say, look, let's fundamentally change the approach to these, these chronic wounds. And instead of putting a dressing on the wound, let's develop a three-dimensional matrix and fundamentally change the surface of the wound. And this matrix had to have three different uh, properties associated with it. Number one, we, we felt that it was very important for it to be antimicrobial, to kill bacteria. And, and we all know as providers that bacteria in the wound impairs wound healing. So that, that was an essential part of the technology. The second thing that we wanted to do we, we wanted to make this bioresorbable so you could put it in a wound and not have to take it out. And that also gives you some flexibility of taking an antimicrobial matrix and maybe preventing a wound complication. So for example, if you're operating on a foot or operating on the abdomen, now you have an antimicrobial matrix that you can put in your surgical incision that kills bacteria in your surgical wound to hopefully prevent wound complications. And the third part of this is that we wanted to develop a three-dimensional matrix that supports human cell growth. And in fact, we have human cells grow robustly on the top of this. So, so what we set out to do, and I'm really simplifying this, this was eight years of research and about eight million of, of National Institute of Health dollars to get to this. And we went through some different routes. You know, we, we started with A, ended up with X, uh, but in the end we came up with something that was, that, that really I think is fundamentally disruptive in, in the wound healing space because it does have the three unique characteristics that we wanted to develop. And those are exactly what we need to heal wounds. Now. I know there's a lot of grass on the market right now. So there's a lot of um, classic porcine, bovine type grafts. They're more scaffolds than anything. And then the trend has become umbilical cord, placental amniotic membrane type of grafts. What differentiates your graft from those? I'm, I'll jump in, Mike, on that because I'm kind of familiar with a couple of those. Um, the first and foremost, it's fully synthetic. So it's not derived from any human tissue, not derived from um, any kind of a animal byproduct or any kind of xenograft of any sort. And, and so as a result, you can kind of dial in exactly what you need, whether it's how thick, how thin, how quick it resorbs, how long an antimicrobial stays active in the, in the wound bed. And kind of to Mike's point, when you begin kind of from that end in mind and you work toward really dialing in all the variables, you can come out the other end with something that's very unique and it fills the function uh, that it really needs. What you get in a lot of the other, um, whether it's a xenograft or human tissue, you'll get certain things that work really, really well, uh, whether it's a scaffold, like you mentioned, to grow cells, whether it's growth factor content that may or may not be consistent you know, through the processing mechanism. Uh, you'll, you may get one really, really great thing and there's a whole lot of people who tend to gravitate toward that but then you're also, there's trade-offs. And so that's one of the unique parts, I think, in 
working with synthetics is just the ability to kind of create the recipe that you want. Yeah, I mean, that's perfect. You're taking your end goal and you're building it backwards. I feel like a lot of uh, times we'll use like silver alginate, hydrofera blue type dressings, but that's only fighting the infection. And then uh, when that gets better, then we're like, all right, now let's get to something fancier. Umbilical cord, amniotic membrane, or collagen type dressings, whatever the the uh, the insurance or the doctor uh, approves of. But in your case, you're taking all of that put together specific uh, to its most optimal potential and then putting that into your graft. Yeah, I, I think the probably the only real big thing that we haven't, let's say, loaded it in microlite matrix with would be some kind of a stimulative growth factor. You know, you do get that in an amniotic. You do get some upregulation of certain cytokines or proteins uh, in an amniotic. And, and in our case, you know, it is fully antimicrobial. And it's amazing what the body can do when it's also not trying to fight microbes and fight bacteria and fight other things. And so you're providing really just the optimal healing environment and allowing the body to do what it does. Yeah, and I, and I think there, there's something to be said for uh, taking the approach of how can we, how can we, um, how can we, how can we work from a from a here's a problem that we want to solve, which is what we did, versus here's a technology that's pretty cool. Where can we use it? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of these things that are out there right now are hey, let's let's uh, you know let's use pig intestinal submucosa. That's pretty cool. Where is that going to work? How can we use that? Um, and so we, we really went from a problem-based approach. And as you know, chronic wounds for the most part are, are lower extremity and the most part they're smaller wounds. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to develop something that would help with much larger burns like, you know, severe infections, uh, abdominal wall infections, abdominal catastrophe, major burns, um, you know, radiation wounds. And so the, the part of the nice thing about being completely synthetic is we can create it into different size sheets to perform what actions we want to, want to accomplish. And to, to Elliot's point, we can increase the thickness of all the different components. We can, we can vary this to, to really functionally prepare for exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, and we've actually, yeah, I was just going to say to Mike's point, you know, we, we have a couple of other non-chronic wound products that also are kind of beginning to, to go into the marketplace. And they're more for functions like that. You know, there's a burn product we've got and there's one that's kind of more dialed in and formulated for surgical applications. Um, you know, Microlite being one of the, the products that's just kind of coming into market as a, as a wound, a chronic wound skin sub product, I think is, is kind of, it is disruptive. There's not a lot out there in that antimicrobial space and there's nothing that's a synthetic in an antimicrobial other than, than microlite, so. So this is what you were talking about where you're able to dial in the antimicrobial properties because we already know silver is great at taking care of bacteria, viruses, et cetera, other pathogens. Yeah, so there, there's some interesting science here and I, I couldn't be more proud of, of what we've done what we've done. I mean, this is, this is my baby and it's the world's most beautiful baby, but <laughs> the, 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 the polyelectrolytes are, are, are very curious. They're, they're extremely well tolerated in the human body. 
they're used in a variety of, of engineering and manufacturing. So for example, there's ways to purify water with polyelectrolyte membranes. So the polyelectrolytes, they're completely inert, they're very well to tolerated uh, in, in biology, in human biology, but they, first of all, they support human cell growth. Secondly, polyelectrolyte membranes are inherently antimicrobial. So they kill bacteria in and of themselves. Wow. And so once we set up this three-dimensional matrix, again, that's, it's, it's just as thick as a human hair. The whole construct is only 20 microns thick. We load it with silver, and the silver becomes very interesting because silver is extraordinarily difficult to work with. And the data on killing bacteria with silver, there's two pathways. The most common pathway that's used is is the silver to get turned into ions and that ion ionic silver disrupts the bacteria there's another whole pathway for killing bacteria with silver and that's with it has everything to do with the size of the silver so if you can generate silver molecules less than 20 nanometers so that's about the thickness of three strands of dna those sized silver particles kill bacteria by direct penetration of the bacterial cell wall and disruption of the cell wall and the bacteria dies. And so you can kill bacteria with an extraordinarily low dose of silver compared to other silver, for, silver formulations. And we kill all the nasty bacteria, the VRE, the MRSA that you hear about, the resistant bacteria that's out there in the community we kill all the resistant bacteria with an extremely low dose of silver. So that, that core science and the core technology actually is, is way more complicated than it seems at, at first glance. Just to bring that home, I mean, it, ours does contain both ionic and metallic silver. Um, and, and as the body resorbs it, it does provide for sustained silver release over that period of time too. So we do have sustained antimicrobial benefit rather than it being just all up front or all relying on ionic silver, whatever it may be. And so it's kind of really both sustained out for a period of time. I was reading through one of the research papers on this. It said that you'll have silver antimicrobial activities for up to 72 day, uh, hours, right? Something along those lines? No, so I, I, we've got kind of two different parts to that. There's, we've looked at the actual antimicrobial benefit um, and documented independently that, that the antimicrobial benefit does not drop off out at 72 hours. Um, we also have silver release profiles that, that show a sustained amount of silver release out to a week as well. And so that's kind of where we are in, in um, the silver and the antimicrobial benefit. And that's perfect. So whenever you have a patient, we're seeing them almost every week. So they'll come in, you'll put that graft on, you watch that get better throughout the week. You'll go in, debride it if needed, clean it up, wash it off, and then you put a new graft on every week, watching this pretty much shrink away to nothing, ideally. That's the goal. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so you're extending the debridement by by providing that antimicrobial. You're 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 able to kill biofilm and reduce biofilm during that week in between visits. The other thing about silver uh, is the multi modal effect uh, is preventing resistance as well. So, I mean, that's, I think that's huge as well that we need to keep in mind. Yeah, if, if you can avoid antibiotic use uh, in the development of resistant, resistant organisms, there's, there's no question. And, and one of, 
one of the important parts of, of, of creating this was it, we really, we didn't want an, a, what Elliot was alluding to, we didn't want an initial dump of silver. We really wanted to create a stepwise approach where the same amount of silver was released each and every day. And in fact, this graph is, it's almost perfect. There, there, it's just same amount comes in day one, day two, day three, day four, all the way through the, through the first seven days. And so that, you know, that fits with a lot of patient lifestyle and patient, patient dressings. And, and the reality is if somebody comes to see me and they have a really, uh, if they have a really contaminated wound with a lot of bacteria, I might change it, you know, the first day and then the fourth day and the seventh day, and then go to once a week, for example. Uh, so you can get ahead of the wound, you can get that cleaned up. But for the most part, doing this on a, a week to week, a week to week dressing works, works well with the patients and works well, well clinically. You know, there, there's an interesting uh, story about uh, a clinician that, that, got, that works in a wound clinic that got really engaged in our technology. And he studied this prospectively and he evaluated 30, I think 32 patients or 33 patients in the study. And there, there's kind of a, a benchmark to say, if you're really treating chronic wounds, you should be able to close a wound by half its size at one month. And in, a, in this yeah. study, uh, Dr. Humphrey showed that using microlite technology, you can close that wound by two thirds at three weeks. So there's clear acceleration yes, of wound healing tremendous. compared to to you know other things that are that are out there that you might pick for your for your patients. That looks. I mean, that, the way that graph took down is probably my favorite part of this video. I'm not gonna lie. It goes on and then it starts just. Uh, uh, I don't know, whatever, dissolving onto that skin. Whatever I don't know what other it. word to use. I use the word melt, but there's no heat to it. Melt. Yeah. It just yeah, like conforms yeah. down into all the cracks and crevices of the wound bed where really where your bacteria is going to hide anyway, even after a heavy debridement or <laughs> after um, you get rid of any necrotic tissue or any of those kinds of things too. You know, it's interesting that, that, that this, yeah, so a couple aspects of that. One, um, the providers see this and they think, wow, that there's something to this technology. There's something interesting. This is new. This is different. The providers see it when they put it in the wound, but the patients see it too. They have an amazing visual where the patient's going, wow, my doctor's doing something for me. I can see it working in front of me. So there's a lot of patient satisfaction looking at this, at this process. And, and I, I don't, I mean, I'm more than happy to claim credit for everything but i do have to say we know that this <laughs> this engineering and this manufacturing is is really cutting edge it's it's fabulous science it's fabulous engineering it's fabulous manufacturing and i couldn't say more about the fact that the collaborative team right the clinician um collaborating with the scientists in a think tank type environment and collaborating with the engineers to say well you know, we have this idea, how can we manufacture this? How can we put it together? How can we solve all these problems? How can we get this nanofilm, you know, attached to a dissolvable membrane? How can we manufacture it and cut it and package it and get it in the hands of patients? And there is a whole body of work there that, that we had to solve to, to get this done. Yeah, so I have one of your uh, patient cases on here. 
Um, uh, radiation therapy of a 77-year-old male, tried everything conservative, and uh, then you jump to microlite. And, I mean, the picture is more important than the actual readout. Mike, you, you got to tell the read. story on this yeah. one. This is actually a great story. Mike, you got to tell it, though. Yeah, oh, yeah? This is um, – this this was uh, – so, so we got a phone call from uh, – a plastic surgeon in, in Philadelphia. And he said, I, I've got this patient. I, I don't know what to do with this with this man anymore. Um, he's 80 something years old or, or right in that that range and, and had some some sun exposure, skin cancers on his on his head. So he had Mohs surgery to take those cancers off and then he had radiation to his skin to prevent the, re, the recurrence. And he ended up with a with a large open wound, but this wound was open for, I, I think, a couple of months, more than a month, and he had terrible, terrible pain, and he couldn't eat anymore. He couldn't sleep. the The doctor called us and said, "I, I'm having a hard time in my office. The dressing change is taking an hour and a half to two hours in the office to get this off, to get a new dressing on. What do you have?" And I said, "We absolutely." Should get you some microlite matrix and let's let's try it. And you can see in the on the slide, sort of day one A is this big open wound, and right next to it is day one B with the with the piece of microlite placed over the top of it. This patient had tears in his eyes. For the first time in two months, his pain went from a 10 out of 10 to a four out of 10. He actually could go back to his house, he started eating again. I mean, just the reduction in the amount of pain he was having was fabulous. The dressing changes take no time to do because it's bioresorbed. You don't have to pull anything off the wound to put something else on the wound. If you look at the third picture, this is day four. This wound closed by almost half in the first four days yeah. after the first application. And then and then uh, day 14, I'm not sure. I mean, further further reduction. I can't remember the exact percent uh, reduction by by day 14. And then you can say, see day day 16. I mean, day 16, uh, or that I guess that's, that's week 16. Week 16. Excuse yeah. me, week 16. Yep. The the thing is, you know, more than 90 90 percent healed. And that's really sort of the center of it, where the most surgery was and the bulk of the radiation injury. And that's, but but you know, radiation wounds are hard to heal, right? So it's not just oh, yeah. I got a scrape or you know, I got a burn. I mean, this is radiated skin that doesn't want to revascularize, doesn't want to have cells that come in it. I mean, you're radiating it so things don't grow in it. And and now you've got <laughs> exactly. you know, this kind of this kind of outcome. Yeah, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I mean, that's phenomenal. Can you tell us a little bit about what we should be putting over the microlite? So I think a lot of the the secondary dressings are going to depend on the the physical location. I mean, those lower extremity wounds, assuming you've got normal pulses in the feet, I put a lot of those in, in pressure, uh, um, some sort of, you know, non-adherent and then uh, uh, an absorptive gauze and then either ACE wraps or, or Pro 4 wraps or some some equivalent to that. You know, the head one, non, non-adherent ad- adaptic and, you know, kind of the big head, the big head wrap. I mean, that's you know, something to secure it in place. But once that really is put on that wound and you can see that it incorporates into the surface of the wound, it's not going to disrupt very easily at all, actually. 
Is there any contraindications? Well, so the contraindication would be, you know, the listed contraindications are, I mean, allergy to silver, but I, I don't know if actually that is a real thing. I, I would say that we've had hundreds of thousands of patient applications and the, we don't have not one reported adverse outcome, allergic reaction. There's not one reported unhappy patient with, you know, I didn't like the way this went on my body or reacted to it or, or anything. You made, you made me sound really busy there. I have not sold a hundred thousand of those in the last couple of months. Not um, in the last we, couple of months. <laughs> it actually is a product that gets shipped internationally. So yes. we'll ship out, I don't know, wow. 10 or 12,000 sheets a month or so to some international destinations. Um, domestically, we're kind of right on the front end of, of launch as a, as a wound care, as a skin sub uh, out in this marketplace. So there's, there's even states that haven't seen it yet. And so we're very kind of on the front end of a whole lot of the lift here in the United States. I feel like a lot of patients don't realize that there's different levels of grafts. You know, there's simple collagen membranes, there's amniotic grafts, there's better amniotic grafts. A lot of... <laughs> They're not all created equal. I don't know how to, I know how to phrase it. Yeah, I don't know how to phrase this, but a lot of grafts that are on the market all come from the same place and they're white labeled or whatever you want to call it and they they stamp their name on it and then that's, that is what it is. That's right. Am Amnio comes that way a lot. There's probably a handful or less of places in the United States that actually make process an amniotic tissue. Um, anybody can buy it and throw Billy Bob's Amnio on it and and, and all of a sudden you're in business. The, the regulatory for human tissue, the regulatory pathway is probably the lowest of all the pathways. Um, it is, I guess, microlites unique in that sense where it is a medical device that's a 510K. Uh, it, and, and as a result, you've got very specific indications for use. And so, uh, yeah, amniotics is an interesting space. I played there for a long time and saw lots of different stuff. And, and to your point, the processing of an amniotic graft really becomes the end result, the end product. Uh, Mike touched on something earlier about sizing. You're still limited in size. I mean, you've got the donor material, the placenta is, is only a certain size. And so you can't really get big, big sheets or uh, certain sizes, even further lengths or things like that. And so you're limited on that. So from a logistics yeah. standpoint, this falls into the, the higher bucket with Medicare? For a wound so center? So this would be... Yes. Right. Yeah. As of November, okay. when the ops ruling came out in November, uh, would fall into the to high tier reimbursement on wound centers. Yeah. So if we've got ten applications in twelve weeks, okay. this is this is one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. It would fall exactly wow. in the same criteria as it's considered a synthetic skin substitute, so it falls kind of in the same rules and parameters as gotcha. as your other billable skin substitutes, your Q coated products, stuff like that. But we do, there's not a 30-day mandate for use. And gotcha. that, I will say that's right just unique in that, that, you know, on the 510K label itself, you know, it's on label for acute wounds, for surgical wounds, burns, things like that. But uh, one thing that it does specifically say is that we can use it from the onset of the wound itself. And so if a wound patient presents in your office, uh, it is something that you can begin to use, uh, obviously, with clinical rationale and justification and things like that too. Um, but it, it is one of those that, you know, for a really important reason, you can pick it up and use it when the wound presents. Yes, because a lot of times you, you see a wound and you're like, all right, I gotta, you know, take the infection out of the equation and then start getting that wound to close up. And with the benefit of this being 
you know, wound healing and antimicrobial. I mean, it's a two for one special there. What's the shelf stability? How long? How long? Is yeah, this so shelf life right now has actually shelf. been extended to four years. Um, just recently, oh, wow. uh, when we first started this, I mean, it's silver and polymer, so it's not like it's gonna go bad or anything. Uh, we actually ended up using the validation of the packaging part because it was so new and there was nothing really there. So, from a regulatory perspective, we use the our quality perspective too. We use the the validation of the pouches that it comes in as the shelf life. And then as things have progressed over the years, we've done our own testing. Uh, and so we were able to extend the shelf life to four years um, as it stands right now. The other unique thing is Mike told me about this one. Uh, you know, we did some work and had some grant money with the DOD. Uh, and I think you got to tell me, what, what did they make us validate as far as the temperature stability too, so that they could leave it on the tarmac in an airplane or something? Yeah, so the Department of Defense wants to be able to have it sitting at an airport you know it's taken off of the plane it's sitting on the airport runway so i so we had to prove that it's it's heat stable at 100, 160 degrees for 12 hours or, or or whatever it was to meet the department of defense criteria for use and yes it, wow. it's 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 not heat sensitive it does not break down in that fashion well, we we deal with such a compromised patient population Every day, uh, our diabetes uh, rate in our office is tremendous in the wound center. It's clearly a problem. So, yeah, I, I, this is a no-brainer, I think, in that compromised patient population for sure. Smokers, diabetic patients, people with rheumatoid arthritis who are on uh, uh, you know, Im immunotherapy for that. Uh, just a tremendous opportunity to use this in amputations as well. Putting it as a strip underneath that, the flaps uh, just seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, you'll have to have us come back on and you'll have to have us come back on and talk. We've got a surgical product that actually is just kind of kicking off launching the first part of the year. Um, yeah, I was about to say that you have that burn one and you have a surgical one, right? Correct. Yeah. Burn one is a product called Pelishield AM and, and a surgical product is a product called Surgiflex. Obviously, they're kind of more dialed in and formulated for the uniqueness of those wound types, you know, whether it's a little bit lower profile for small incisions or whether it needs to maintain moisture a little bit differently, things like that. So those are a lot of the uniqueness to each of those particular wound types. Hey, uh, thanks again for uh, chatting with us. Uh, Microlight Matrix sounds like a slam dunk, a no-brainer. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to try it out. I, ha I haven't tried it out yet, but uh, I just heard about it just from Dr. D a couple of weeks ago, and that's when we reached out to you. So like Dr. D said, we see wounds all the time. So I think it's gonna be uh, hopefully a, a nice staple to our uh, bag of trips or whatever you wanna call it. Yeah, now Great. we're Thank you, happy Dr. Sure. to come to Texas anytime. Let me uh, uh, <laughs> present the core, you know, the basic science technology behind this and uh, uh, get you a coffee or take you to dinner. Well, well, take you to make that happen. <laughs> all right, I'm <laughs> fine. Texas is the best country in the whole world, sure. You can come on anytime. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks again thanks for the time, uh, we, and we will definitely have you back to talk about the surgical, uh, the surgical product as well for sure. Bet. Sounds great. We will thanks see you all next time on the Pod Doctors. Thank you for listening to the Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe. Be safe. See y'all next time. Bye-bye.